battery versus a salt. It's very easy to confuse the difference between the two. Battery is touching an individual without consent in a harmful way. A salt is the threat or fear of harm. The way I would remember this is throwing a battery at someone is physical. Let's get NCLEX ready! Hi, I'm Nurse Jojo, registered nurse and founder of Cutie Nurses. Join me as I break down the most difficult questions and share the tools that empowered over 1,500 students to crush the NCLEX exam. Each week, I'll share tips, reviews, along with a ton of resources to help you become a registered nurse and thrive. So step into the world of nursing with confidence at cutienurses.com start. Mastering Nursing Fundamentals Unlock the power of my digital flashcards for fundamental concepts. Whether you're a nursing student or an aspiring healthcare professional, it's crucial to grasp the fundamentals of nursing. In this video, we're looking into the world of learning and retention like never before. I've created over 2,000 digital flashcards, but today we're focusing on the digital flashcards specifically for the fundamentals of nursing. All the sample digital flashcards in this video can be downloaded at cutienurses.com start. Now, these aren't just any flashcards. They're your secret weapon to mastering complex concepts, easing exams, and becoming a top-notch nurse. So grab your scrubs and thetoscope and let's unlock the power of these innovative learning tools together. The following are my digital flashcards on informed consent. Client must sign an informed consent stating that the client is informed of the procedure's benefits and risks. Know that minors can give consent if they are married or emancipated. So pay attention to details provided in the question. Client must be mentally competent to provide consent. Second informed consent flashcard states that the client cannot get consent while under sedation. Teenagers can consent to medical care and treatment involving pregnancy or STDs. I do not cram an entire essay into the flashcard. I just keep it simple and to the point to help you remember important points for the NCLEX exam. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question number one. A nurse is present when the physician is speaking with the 16 years old married female that arrived at the clinic for surgery. The physician describes the procedure detailed and provides possible alternative procedures and treatment. The nurse understands that the patient cannot give informed consent based on this discussion based on which of the following. A. The patient is a minor and cannot give informed consent without a guardian. B. There must be two witnesses in the room and there is only one. C. A second physician must be in the room as a witness. D. The physician did not inform the patient of the procedures, benefits, and risks. And the correct answer is... D. The physician did not inform the patient of the procedure's benefit and risk. Rationale. At the age 16, the patient is considered a minor but can give informed consent without a guardian because she is married. While it is preferable to have two witnesses present for the patient to sign an informed consent form, it's not mandatory. Any member of the healthcare team may be a witness. It doesn't have to be a physician. Remember, the flashcard stated that the patient must be informed of the procedure's benefits and risks. The NCLEX question stated that the details of the procedures have been provided 
and alternate procedures and treatments have also been provided. It did not mention that the benefits and risks have been provided as well. Therefore, the correct answer is D. The physician did not inform the patient of the procedure's benefit and risk. Here we have the digital flashcards on battery versus assault. It's very easy to confuse the difference between the two. Battery is touching an individual without consent in a harmful way. An example is giving injections without consent. Assault is the threat or fear of harm. An example is threatening someone but not touching the person. It seems misleading because when you think of the word assault, you think of someone actually placing harm. The way I would remember this is throwing a battery at someone is physical. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. And class question number two, 21-year-old male keeps moving his arm with the IV needle inserted in the median antecubital site, causing the IV pump to constantly alarm. The nurse states to the patient, if you make the IV pump alarm one more time, I will tie your arm down. The patient begins crying. Based on this scenario, the nurse may be accused of witch violation. A. Slander B. Battery C. HIPAA violation or D. Assault And the correct answer is D. Assault Rationale As stated in the flashcard, assault is the threat of harm. In this scenario, the nurse threatened the patient but did not actually tie the patient's arm down. The nurse would be accused of battery if action was actually taken to tie the patient's arms down. HIPAA violation is if the nurse revealed the patient's personal information while discussing the situation to outsiders not involved with this patient's care. Slander is the nurse making false and damaging statements about the patient. Here we have the digital flashcards on biological emergencies. Biological emergencies are natural emergencies, man-made emergencies, or life-threatening diseases emergencies. A biological emergency can be accidental or intentional, but both can make many sick. Bioterrorism is the biological emergency caused by terrorists. An example would be spreading anthrax. Victims of biological emergencies require immediate decontamination with isolation precautions. I can't stress this part of the flashcards enough. When you encounter a victim that has been affected by a biological emergency, they require immediate decontamination with isolation precautions. Now let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question number three. An emergency nurse is assessing care for a patient that believes he may have been exposed to anthrax. What action should the nurse take next? A. Ask the patient if he's been vomiting. B. Call the physician. C. Escort the patient to a decontamination room. Or D. Administer oxygen. And the correct answer is... C. Escort the patient to a decontamination room. Rationale. As stated in the biological emergency flashcard, immediate decontamination with isolation precaution is necessary for victims. To answer this question, one must realize that anthrax is a biological emergency and must treat the situation as such. The priority with any biological emergency is escorting the patient to a decontamination room. Calling the physician can be done after taking this initial action. 
Asking the patient if he's been vomiting would not confirm that the patient has been exposed to anthrax. While vomiting is one of the signs and symptoms of anthrax exposure, it does not provide confirmation of exposure. Shortness of breath is one of the signs and symptoms of anthrax exposure, so one may want to administer oxygen, but it is not the very next action the nurse should take after finding out that the patient has been exposed to anthrax. Here we have the digital flashcards uncoding system for hazards. It's essential to know the coding system for hazards. Blue indicates health hazard. Red indicates a flammable hazard. Yellow indicates that it can cause a reaction. White indicates a special hazard. Emergency responders rely on these NFPA color codes to categorize the potential hazard. Now, blue symbolizes health hazard, which indicates that there is a potential for the material to pose risk to health. If these emergency responders do not use the required personal protective equipment, then the consequences could be harmful. Red symbolizes flammable hazard. Lowest rating indicates that the material will not burn. Propane gas would have the highest rating in this category. Yellow symbolizes whether or not a material can cause a reaction. An example is fluorine gas, which is capable of explosion with initiating source. The reactions can be minor chemical changes or it can be extreme and cause for explosive reaction. White symbolizes special hazard, which categorizes materials that are beyond health, flammability, or instability. Materials that fall in this category are either W, which show unusual reactivity with water, or OX, which are materials that have oxidizing property. Note that each color has a range from 0 to 4, with 0 being the lowest risk and 4 being the highest risk for concern. Now, studying all this can seem extremely daunting. My flashcard just has you focusing on what each of the colors mean. It's already a lot to hear additional detail. So by focusing on what each of the colors mean, you should be able to have more confidence just recalling this flashcard. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question number four. The nurse is working in the emergency department and is providing care for a patient who has been exposed to a hazardous material. The NFPA 704 diamond on a container displays that the hazardous material has the number 4 in the blue section and the number 0 in the red section. What precautions should the nurse take while handling the situation? A. The material has 0 in red, so special precautions are needed for flammability. B. The material has 4 in blue which is a health hazard, so standard precautions and personal protective equipment are required. C. The material has 4 in blue, which indicates that this is not a risk for a health hazard. Or D. The material has 0 in red, so the nurse should isolate the patient and contact the physician. And the correct answer is... B. B is the material has foreign blue, which is a health hazard, so standard precaution and personal protective equipment are required. Rationale. Know that our hazard is a substance material situation or condition that has the potential to cause harm. Remember that each color has to range from 0 to 4, with 0 being the lowest risk and 4 being the highest risk for concern. 
Based on this, A, C, and D should automatically be eliminated. Here, we have the digital flashcard on chain of infection. The six links of the chain of infection are the infectious agent, reservoir, portal of exit or exit route, mode of transmission, portal of entry, and susceptible hosts. This is divided into two flashcards to prevent you from feeling overwhelmed with a load of information on one card. You tend to feel more accomplished when you complete a card and can move on to the next. This is part of my tactic that has ensured success for thousands of nursing students. Infectious agent is the organism that caused the infection. Reservoir is where the infectious agent grows, which could be a person, animal, food, water, etc. Portal of exit, or also known as the exit route, is the route the infectious agent leaves. The second flashcard continues on to mode of transmission, which is how the infectious agent spread from one location to another. An example is the handshake or through the air. Portal of entry is where the infectious agent enters. Susceptible host is the person that is at risk for becoming infected. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. And class question number five. The nurse is educating a group of nursing students about infection control. Understanding the six links in the chain of infection is essential to preventing and controlling the spread of infectious diseases. Which of the following is not part of the chain of infection? A. Hand washing B. Motor transmission C. Portal of entry or D. Reservoir And the correct answer is A. Hand washing Rationale it is easy to select hand washing because it is a method to prevent infection, but it is not part of the chain of infection. Mode of transmission, portal of entry, and reservoir are part of the chain of infection. Okay, that was the first five fundamentals of nursing digital flashcard. What do you think so far? I hope you're getting the hang of it because we're more than halfway there. All right, we're down to the final four. It's time to amp up our game and skyrocket your confidence. We're going to conquer these together, turning challenges into victory. Don't forget to head over to qdnurses.com start and sign up for my email list to grab your 160 free digital flashcard. And since you've gotten this far, hit the red subscribe button below to stay updated with all of our latest insights and tips. Here. We have the digital flashcards on airborne precautions. Airborne precautions are used for diseases that are spread through airborne route. Use the viral acronym MTV to remember what the airborne diseases are. And for measles, T for tuberculosis, and V for varicella, also known as chickenpox, but chickenpox doesn't fit in MTV, right? A patient with an airborne disease should be placed in an airborne isolation room with negative pressure. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question number six. The nurse is testing the nursing student's knowledge on infection control regarding isolation precaution. Which of the following infection requires the patient to be placed in an airborne isolation room with negative pressure? Select all that applies. A. Rubella. B. Measles. C, varicella, or D, tuberculosis? The correct answer is B, C, and D, measles, varicella, and tuberculosis. Rationale. 
Measles, varicella, and tuberculosis are airborne diseases which are spread via airborne route. Rubella requires droplet precaution. Here we have the digital flashcards on droplet precautions. To remember which infection requires droplet precaution, think of the viral acronym, which is the amazing Spider-Man, which is my favorite Marvel character. S is for sepsis, scarlet fever, and streptococcal pharyngitis. P is for parvovirus B19, pneumonia pertussis. I is for influenza. D is for diphtheria, pharyngeal. E is for epiglottitis. R is for rubella. M is for mumps, meningitis, mycoplasma, and meningeal pneumonia. AN is for adenovirus. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question. The nurse is testing the nursing student's knowledge on infection control regarding isolation precaution. Which of the following infection require the patient to be placed on droplet precaution? Select all that applies. A. Mumps. B. Influenza. C. Rubella. Or D. Adenovirus. And the correct answer is A, B, C, and D. All of the above. Rationale. Mumps, influenza, rubella, and adenovirus are all infections that require the patient to be placed on droplet precaution. Remember to use the flashcard for recollection. Here we have the digital flashcards on contact precaution. Contact precautions are used for diseases that are spread through contact. This can occur skin-to-skin or indirect contact. Patients that have infections caused by contact must be placed in a private room or with other roommates with the same infection. Gloves and gowns are put on prior to entering the room. Think of the viral acronym Mrs. Wee to help you remember infections that require contact precaution. M is for multi-drug resistant organism. R is for respiratory infection. S is for skin infection. W is for wound infection. E is for enteric, such as Clostridium difficile. E is for eye infection, such as conjunctivitis. Now, let's apply what you just learned from these two flashcards to the following question. NCLEX question. The nurse is providing care for a flashcard that is diagnosed with MRSA. Which of the following roommates should the nurse place this patient in? A. A patient with varicella. B. A patient with MRSA. C. A patient with tuberculosis. Or D. A patient with rubella. And the correct answer is B, a patient with MRSA. Rationale. A patient diagnosed with MRSA should be placed in the same room as another patient with MRSA or should be placed in a private room. A patient with varicella or tuberculosis should be placed in an airborne isolation room with negative pressure. A patient with rubella requires droplet precaution and should not be placed in a room with someone diagnosed with MRSA. Here we have the Digital Flashcard on Safe Medical Devices Act of 1990. Whew, I'm old. That was the year I was born. Oh my goodness. The Safe Medical Devices Act of 1990 requires the nurse to report any incident that caused serious injury or illness by machinery to the Food and Drug Administration and the company of the machine. This is for patient safety as well as legal compliance. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. NCLEX question. The nurse is attempting to provide care for a patient that is experiencing a cardiac emergency. 
The nurse grabbed the automated external defibrillator, which is also known as the AED, failed to operate, which resulted in a delay in treatment. This is a reportable incident under the Safe Medical Device Act of 1990. What is the time frame that the nurse needs to provide the report by? A. 48 hours. B. 24 hours. C. 1 month. Or D. 10 days. And the correct answer is D. 10 days. Rationale. Medical devices that cause serious injury or affect patient care must be reported to the Food and Drug Administration within 10 days. Providing reports in a timely manner ensures patient safety as well as regulatory compliance. Okay, that was the first nine digital flashcards in the Fundamentals of Nursing series, which has over a hundred when you get the entire set. Great job getting this far. Before you go, I've got another video lined up for you. Check out this next video right here. It's packed with more invaluable insight and tips that you won't want to miss. And if you haven't already, remember to click the red subscribe button. By joining our community, you'll be the first to get access to the best resources and strategies to conquer the NCLEX. Keep up the great work, and I'll see you in the next video. Happy studying! Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Want more tips and tricks for passing the NCLEX? Then be sure to check out cutynurses.com/start. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next week.